0: Ladies and gentlemen, can I um, bring you back together again, please? I know there's lots been lots of sharing and reflecting on what's been going on over the weekend and, and what you've learnt. Hopefully, you've also been thinking about some questions that you'd like to ask our our panel of um, I'm not sure how to describe them. Experts. Um, they probably don't like that term, but um, can I can I call them up? Our, our various people. I can't Remember who we've got. We've got Bishop Anthony um, and Martin. Yes, who else? Um, thinking there are four. Right, there we go. You got questions? We'll go around the tables. What? <laughs> A what we're going to do with the questions is we're going to go round the tables and um, obviously there are eight, eight tables from the, um, the people who have been on the conference all the way through and also our, our wonderful St Albans group. Is that mostly St Albans? No, St Albans is everywhere. St Albans are everywhere, is that right? Taking over the world. Right, brilliant. So we do have eight, eight tables, yeah? So what we're going to do is we're going to go round the tables and, and as we did yesterday, give each table a chance to ask a question and then we'll move on. And if we've still um, got time at um, before 10.45, um, when it's coffee time, you'll get a chance for a second question. What would be really helpful is if you could indicate possibly who you're, who you're directing your question at, um, I know that's, that, that, that's hard um, and we'll get the panel to come up to the, the lectern to speak we haven't managed to get the roving microphone to work this morning so it would be really helpful if either you could you could shout out your question um, or I'll repeat it at the microphone it might be useful to repeat it at the microphone so we can, we can keep the recording um, so that would be brilliant is that clear for everyone? yes, yes, yes Tim, brilliant Shall we start with table one? Where's table one? Table one over there. What's your question? Um, How can...
1: uh the members of the House of Bishops be influenced towards feeling the same as Bishop Anthony?
0: Just to repeat that, how can the House of Bishops be persuaded to, to have the same feelings as Bishop Anthony? Is this a question to Bishop Anthony or is this a question to somebody else? Somebody. <laughs> Who would like, who'd like to take Frank? Ask Frank. It's, actually, that's not bad, really. We should, we should pick on Frank. Frank's not keen on that. Um, like, so Anthony, would you like to, talk, to start and we'll, we'll see if any of the anyone else anyone else can jump in on the panel, but Anthony, if you'd like to start.
2: Look. Well, it's a rash person who thinks they can influence the House of Bishops. <laughs> <laughs> um, part of the strength of the Church of England is that it's 43 dioceses. Part of the weakness of the Church of England is that it's 43 dioceses. Um, candid, candidly, uh, one of the things which surprised me when I became a bishop and um, attended bishops' meetings, which happen at different groupings, including House of Bishops, College of Bishops, Diocesan Bishops, um, West Midlands Bishops, Regional Bishops, I mean, lots, there are lots of different um, subsets, um, was that. The kinds of things we've been talking about, the bishops don't talk about in the, in the, in the national groupings, in the regional groupings we do. Um, so it, that, that was a disappointment to me really, rather a surprise. I thought the bishops would spend some time trying to hear good practice from one another um, But it's very much driven by synod agenda and national agendas and House of Lords agendas and these kinds of things, all of which, of course, are crucially important for us to talk about. But um, I think the regional bishops' meetings are more um, hopeful because there's more space within them. But actually, I think you are in a better position than me (laughs) Um, for that reason, actually. I think it's up to you all to try and encourage best practice and maybe if you've got, you know, like in um, this Diocese of St Albans, um, Alan Smith, who was Bishop of Shrewsbury, so I know him well, um, as a near neighbour, um, ask Alan to spend a day or a morning or an afternoon or something visiting the best examples you've got of local ministry. Help him to catch it. Show him the evidence. Persuade him with the facts, I would say, um, because it, it's really in your hands, I think. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that that's the only route, actually, that will work, that it doesn't work kind of top-down, and it, I don't think it'll happen within the House of Bishops, because I don't think it's that kind of animal. So I think it's really diocese by diocese, and who you can influence, and who are your allies, and you know, work with them. And okay. I was, I, we're not very good at producing evidence. Um, One of the things which we have in the Church of England is a huge amount of evidence. Every parish completes parish returns. We don't look at the evidence of where the growth is. We don't try and make the connections of why the growth is where it is. Um, I referred last night to the figures that were published a few days ago, about 2010 figures for the Church of England. Uh, that means kind of a year ago obviously they were published for 2009 but in fact a year ago when they were published the Church of England put them out in a slightly different format and showed the figures for five years now um, I won't tell you which diocese I'm about to refer to but one diocese had a growth of 26% in five 25% in five years one diocese which happened to be physically next door to it had a decline of sixteen percent during the same period. Now why on earth should two neighbouring dioceses, much of which therefore sociologically was very comparable, have a difference of forty one per cent in five years. Now in in any other organization we do something about that. But I don't I hardly hear people talk about it. I hardly hear anybody say, well what's the evidence? What on earth's going on here? Why? Is one bishop brilliant and the other lousy? No. So I mean what, what's happening? But we don't we don't look at the evidence, that's what I'm saying. So I think we need to look at that as well. Thank you.
0: Anyone else want to jump in on that? I think that was a fairly comprehensive answer. Table number two. Where's table number two? Right. Frank, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question for you. <laughs> well, that's on the second round. Okay, you. right, we'll save, we'll save your questions <laughs> for a while. You.
3: Um, the question
0: I think that's been buzzing around our table for most of the uh, couple of days we've been together is uh, how, do we lay, uh, sorry, how do we promote local ministry? as a means to an end not as an end in itself yeah, how do we promote m- local ministry as a means to an end and not an end in itself who, what the end
4: might yeah. be. yes it's a good true.
0: question what the end might be, who would like to take that one not quite sure who wants to pick up on that I think you are looking at I me you
1: <laughs> feel an answer coming I, no I don't <laughs> have an answer but I
4: can think of a quote that I've already quoted to my table that I, I have found helpful to have at the back of my head It comes out of an essay by Leslie Newbegin, who wrote, It is unfortunate that the history of mission is so often written by missionaries. They tend to overestimate their own role. It is the Holy Spirit who is the missionary, and we come in to contribute to that. Um, And he expands that with an absolutely wonderful story I won't tell you now. Um, but I think there's something about we come from a heritage in England of strength to weakness, I don't think it's actually just the church we think that we have the answer and we can give it and I think the church has picked that up so it's okay to blame clergy but I think it's worth checking our own assumptions about strength to weakness, we will help those who are less fortunate than ourselves where actually are we all looking for that work of God that is at work in our communities and building that up and affirming that so I think it's actually starting, I don't think this is an answer to the question but I think it's recognising our mindset as well as blaming them because I think Actually, the answer is, must somehow be something about all of us together, with God. Now, that's, that's not an answer, and somebody else will hopefully come up with something more practical.
0: Thank you. Does someone else want to pick up on that one? Yeah, like again, I, I like the way people are looking at <laughs> me.
1: I was reflecting on St Albans and how I'm going to persuade Bishop Allen to get enthusiastic and part of me thinks local ministry needs to be seen as the tool to help us achieve the end. Bishop Allen and the diocese, as I said yesterday, is very much intermission action planning, living God's love as the initiative. And if that's the language of the diocese, then I need to be able to talk in that language. And therefore, to talk to Bishop Allen and senior staff about local ministry enabling people, to live God's love, enabling them to fulfil the goals that are coming up in their mission action plans. So not an end in itself, but a means to the end. So using the language, but with a a purpose beyond just local ministry is a good thing because it's about the body of Christ. It's it's catching the flavour of the month might be a bit cynical, but I think that's the way in.
0: Thank you. I'm, I'm going to move us on, because I'm sure there'll be issues there that, um, that we come back to. Um, table number three, I think you're over there. What, what have we got? Um, on
1: the back of Bishop Antony's discussion last night about, um, or his talk last night really, about um, consistency throughout an organisation that is um, reinforcing the messages mm-hmm. that we want to promote, um,
0: how might we influence structures which are not necessarily reinforcing those messages? How might we strengthen? Sorry, so um, how might influence. we influence those structures that aren't reinforcing yes, right collaborative. collaborative ministry messages? Right. Okay. Who would like to take that one? It'd be very easy to go back to the bishop again, but um, it's possible that somebody else would you like to pick on someone? Who would you like to pick on? Yeah. Uh, John. John, yeah, I was thinking John. John! <laughs> Come up higher, friend. Get the real version then.
5: <laughs> it's not fair. A really good answer to the previous question as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, you've got to name the powers, haven't you? Do we not know the work of Walter Wink around here? Yes. Yes, Yes, right. So you've got to be able to... uh, We can talk about structures in a very general way, can't we? But I guess we need to know specifically what those structures are. Um, And, uh, I mean, in in any context, there are various kind of key people, aren't there, that... um, Whose views carry a lot of weight. We were talking on our table earlier about the, the parish context where one of the barriers, I think, in, in, in our neck of the woods to, to collaborative ministry it, it isn't the clergy, it's the lay people and particularly those significant patriarchal and matriarchal figures who actually hold the keys of power in that place. And, you know, plenty of lay ministry, or plenty of lay power uh, represented there, but it's not in particularly collaborative in the way it's exercised. So, if that's the case in um, a parochial context, you could make an argument for a similar kind of dynamic being in place in, in say, in, in the diocese. I'm thinking of the diocese, I suppose, as a, as a primary setting for this discussion. Uh, and I'm sure most of us can readily think of individuals on our boards of finance and, you know, I don't know, chairs of House of Lady or whoever may happen to be, who, who really are the power brokers here. So being able to, I think, establish. Um, you know rapport with those individuals can, over time, you know, reap significant benefits. So part of this, it's 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 a political game, isn't it? In in the best sense, you know, it's recognizing the fact that um, things are not, it, despite the fact that we might like to imagine otherwise, things are not achieved simply by having the right kind of theory on a piece of paper, which you then code into the machine and press the button. It's about persuading. The people who who have influence that this this is a good idea, and uh, if necessary, to actually persuade them that you know this need not represent some kind of veiled threat to them personally, which sometimes may be at the back of why there's resistance. Um, I mean, that's not in any way a complete answer, but it's a very large question, really, isn't it? Yes, I think I think
1: it's um, it's interesting where um, structures have been set up in a fairly hierarchical way that you don't always have access okay. to, the, um, yeah, I hear that. to those bodies that would need
5: the impact
1: <coughs> but yes, mm. I, mean,
3: I
5: suppose it's through those so again, well again, it's, it's, it's allies isn't it, You maybe I don't have access directly but maybe I know a man who can, as it were I, yeah. Yeah. but it's, it can be a challenge obviously, and in some places a, you know a, a very daunting challenge I don't think that was a bad answer at all there we go <laughs> Well done. Um,
0: anyone else want to jump in there? I think that, that, was, that was a good answer, wasn't it? That was an answer. Yes. But, um, well, I know we had a really great answer to the previous question, but um, perhaps we can have that at lunch. <laughs> anyone else want to come in there? No? Um, moving on to table number four. What, what question have you got?
6: Forgive me if this sounds a bit like question time, but um, with the mission-shaped church agenda becoming centre stage, do we now need a conference looking at ministry? Collaborative and um, mission
0: shaped. Brilliant, mission shaped. Who'd like to pick up on that one? Would you like to? Would you like to direct it at anyone particularly? No, I wouldn't. Any anyone on the panel? Yes, Jeanette. You've kind of begun on that one already.
1: Well, I'm not going to. Well, in a way, I'm not going to give a full answer, but just to say that the archdeacon of Hartford is very much into the term now, missional ministry. So we, he is constantly, wherever you bump into him, he's just had a sabbatical and he's constantly talking now about not mission and ministry, but all ministry is missional. So that's, that, I can see, is another way in to talking about ministry and mission together. Missional ministry.
0: Brilliant. Anyone else there? I can see Martin, you're, you're, you're looking like you're going to get yeah. up. Well, okay. Come on.
7: What so, right. <laughs> so. I was going to add was, and I, I think it goes back to some of the previous answers as well, and I've been struck by it all over the weekend, it's one of the things I'm taking away with me from this weekend, is about this language issue uh, and, and the use of the terms, um, and, and I know you use used playing the game or the current mood or whatever it is, but, but that just seems to be important here again. Um, because if, if I look at what they're doing in some of the Mission Shaped Church courses, you know, the ones that lots of parishes opt into, and then we compare with what perhaps we're doing, say, on our course, or what a is doing in other areas of local ministry training, there are clear overlaps, there are clear interconnectedness between them, but they're using different language. And it means that people for whom the language is Mission Shaped Church just don't think that local ministry and that has anything to say to them or to do with them. And if that means we have to change our language and if we have to, as we've heard already, stop calling them local ministry teams and call them on something else or you just use... What's the problem? You know, It's the body of Christ again. Let's find the language that actually people can hear uh, and, and, and we can work with. And, and I do feel that in a lot of these areas, like training, which obviously is my area, um, that, that we could we could change our language and, 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 and coupled with the statistics, I think that is also important—the evidence that was Bishop was referring to earlier. Because I, I can remember a number of conversations with mission-shaped uh, teams, you know, with Fresh Expressions teams, people both locally and nationally, uh, and they'll always ask you that: "What's the evidence it works? You know, where's the evidence?" So those two things, and I think we
4: can begin to crack this.
7: Okay, thank you, Martin.
4: I think it's interesting to go back to Jeanette's point about language and whether you think of some of these words as verbs or nouns. Um, If faith becomes a noun, it's something I possess. If it's a verb, it's something that enlightens me. And mission, which sort of started off as trying to say, yes, actually what we're doing is means to end, not end in itself, if we're doing mission, it's verb. But if it becomes the responsibility of a particular department and a particular project, it's actually becoming noun. So I think it, it's useful to check with ourselves: Are we u- using these words as nouns or verbs?
0: Interesting stuff. Right, thank you. Table number five. There you are, right in front. You you've got your question is ready. I know.
6: It's <laughs> <laughs>
0: we expect nothing else, really.
6: <laughs> we've, uh, we've heard a lot about how vulnerable um, the local ministry movement has been to changes of personnel and to different um, moments. And also that sense of it being, at its best, um, a way of showing the whole church how it might serve the whole of God's work in the world. So the question really, I suppose, is in different and fluctuating settings, what are the, um, what seem to be the necessary conditions for whatever we call it, local ministry, to do its work and to find its next expression? Because it's always got to be moving on to something else. Um, so. Uh,
0: I won't try to repeat that.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but would someone like to um, try and explore it? They are all thinking at this moment, Robinson. Yes, I'm going to read it out again? In different and fluctuating settings, what seem to be the necessary conditions for local ministry to do its work and find its next incarnation or form? Dis- Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what Anthony said last
6: night. Prayer. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
5: prayer. I think opening yourself to the Holy
6: Spirit.
0: Yeah, opening yourself to the Holy Spirit, which actually we've already had from the panel. Um, yes, John, you're you're moving. I'd like to see some.
5: it 's about understanding the well gosh it 's trying to say it 's about understanding the context and knowing and having a perspective which is able to see beyond the, the walls of the church. And I, I suppose for me the great thing about local ministry is that it uh, represents um, something about at its best it 's something about how the church is called to be, which is to be the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is uh, is something which is incarnate within the world. So it's addressing what in our church categories we would regard as mission uh, always and already. It should be embedded in that context and should therefore be uh, addressing those issues. The problem is historically I get there's a tendency for us to imagine ministry as something which we do in-house to maintain our structures, to cope with all the practical uh, pressures of reduced numbers of stipendry clergy. But... If there, and I think in our own diocese we're making some use of the five marks of mission, as I said. And I think the great value of that is that it, um, first of all, deconstructs some common notions of mission, which, which which can really be a good thing. Uh, but also, it, it, it my hope is that increasingly, you know, local ministry will be seen again as a, a means by which some of those missional uh, concerns can be addressed. But you've got to. As we will watch the nine o'clock news to know what those missional concerns are, we need to be discerning in recognizing what what God is doing in the world and getting beho- i mean it, these are all things we already know, but um, it's it's that critical connection between, um, between what we we have a capacity to do as church through our ministry structures, whatever they might be um, and the the real priorities that God is laying before us. On the basis of what's going on in the world around us, um, and and to 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 think globally but to act locally, um, uh, yeah. So that that will be. It's a continuing discernment exercise, which is why I would love to see um, future conferences uh, being conferences that are specifically themed and and opened up to people who otherwise don't know them, wouldn't necessarily know the meaning of the phrase local ministry. But 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 where there's some kind of overlap of concern around a particular topic, where working together collaboratively in the name of God's Church has some you know crucial re- uh, relevance. So I just made a suggestion there, which I wasn't expecting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. Um, I repeat the question: in different and fluctuating set- settings, what seem to be necessary conditions for local ministry to do its work and find its next incarnation or form? Would somebody, I mean, anyone else like to? Say anything on that, or you I'm think I, I oh, no. will. Have yes, bishops aren't the to go first, are they? So we, <laughs> <We'll>, <laughs> we know
6: the right. etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> We've been told. We've been told. <laughs>
7: I just wanted to, if Andrew doesn't mind, I might have been implied by what you said, but add something that you said to us at the table earlier uh, when we were talking about this, um, which is, uh, as you said, you know, be open to the movement of the Spirit and all of that, and make sure that our structures uh, do not stifle that, but encourage, support, uh, and and help it to grow, but never become those hurdles and, and, and things that Bishop talked about. Uh, I think that's quite important because I've seen quite a variety of different structures and methods and, and all of that over my years and even in, in, in this weekend. And some of them do feel a bit heavier than others. And I think we do have to, uh, to look at that.
0: Thank you. I won't <laughs> say after
7: you, but. <laughs> no, I was, I was just going to say that
2: I, I think that um, part of it's to do with what is our mindset about local ministry. If we regard local ministry as something that's, you know, not a bad way of trying it for the moment, then it will come and go. If we regard it only as a tool, well, tool that can be all right, but I still don't terribly much care for the language, because that tends to imply something you kind of pick up and use to get to somewhere else if we regard it as something that's more fundamental to the character of who we are as Christians and what we are as church and if we see it as part of God's way of our being his people then actually I think Robin's question, the group's question gets answered because if it's of our character then we change, it changes the context changes, it adjusts, because we do. And that, that's, that's really what I feel about it, that it's, local ministry isn't just um, a tool or a means. It is those things. And it's certainly got to look beyond itself, and it's a mistake if we only focus on local ministry for itself, as has been said. But it's got to be part of our character, I think. It's part of, part of I think, our way of being church. And it will adjust, it will change, it's not static, because we're not static, the context, everything else changes. But it's part of what it is to be the body of Christ, it's part of what it is to function, it's part of what it is to enable, it's part of what it is to encourage the gifts of everybody, part of what it is to recognize that leadership doesn't just reside in an individual, whoever the individual may be. It's part of that, and then I think... Um, it, it will, in a way, look after itself because it's properly embedded and properly our character. Thank you.
0: Uh, table, we must be on to table number six. No. Yes, six. I'm afraid so. Afraid so, oh dear. <laughs> what are you going to ask?
3: <laughs> well, you see, we, we started thinking about leadership. And <coughs> I've got three questions. But let's kick off with this one. Is local ministry necessarily collaborative? Necessarily collaborative.
0: And if not, is it a helpful title? Is local ministry necessarily collaborative? And if not, is that a helpful title? Is that the question? That was the question. Anyone like to to pick up on that one? Yes. I kind of think you've already been (laughs) saying something about that, haven't you, just now? (laughs) Can I ask a question? Can you ask another question? I think we just had a very good answer for that from the bishop actually. What
3: what I'd like to say is actually isn't there something about the fact that when we emphasise the importance of leadership, we go on and on and we point always at them Mm -hmm. and how do we in fact instil good situational leadership uh, amongst um, and, and we don't just ape management we think we have to be management that means hard and stuff like that we are not a business, yet we have to be business-like. How do we instill good, servant management amongst everybody, the whole people of God, not just them up there, but us here as well?
0: Right. How do we instill a, a particular approach to le- you know, collaborative leadership within the whole body? A
3: mature understanding.
0: Right. Okay. Who, who would like to, to pick up on that?
3: I would like to say that I think the training area.
0: The training, yes. Those chewing pencils would now like to stand.
2: Um, I think you begin with Andrew's answer. Eh?
0: Andrew's answer?
2: Yes. Yes. What was that? What you said a few minutes ago?
0: Prayer and, right, prayer and spirituality and but
2: the song work with the
3: formation,
0: spirit. formation. It can be a very brief answer if you like.
2: Does any of that Robin will answer
6: I think it's also in bishops and in those clergy who have responsibility for a large territory to have a fundamental trust and respect and belief um, as the rector who spoke to us yesterday was saying you know, in a sense it's a bit of a paradox that she had pushed a collaborative way of working on people but she really came from that belief that Christianity is inherently relational it's, a, it's, a, it's an intentional embodiment of the gospel, as a way of living together, and therefore as a witness to the world. But you actually have got to then believe that and work on it all fronts,
2: as Bishop was yeah. saying. Can I, I? I will. Sorry to speak, be speaking again, but um, one of the things which sticks in my mind, I wave an answer to what you're saying, um, is a particular example in Coventry Diocese when I was there, that. Um, One of the clergy, I think, well, it certainly came from their PCC, had a particular idea which then got talked about in the deanery, then got talked about in the diocese, and then was adopted as diocesan policy, and then actually went on nationally. Um, That priest then became a national officer, but that's another matter. (laughs) But but I'm simply just giving that as an example, that I think we need... To give examples where actually ideas can happen with an individual maybe somebody other people don't particularly notice even in a congregation and be heard be trusted I do think that part of it is exactly about what Andrew was saying that we've got to trust that the Holy Spirit is at work in his church we've got to trust that ideas bubble And we've got to trust that part of leadership is not to have the ideas. Part of leadership is to discern the ideas. It would be tragedy for the Hereford diocese if the only things that happened was things that Antony happened to think of. I mean, that would be terrible. It it, it, it doesn't matter if I think of no ideas. That might be rather a blessing for them. I mean, it would be... But what matters is that corporately we can spot the ideas... And we can say, well, this is of God, or we think this may be of God. And we'll run with it, and then we'll know whether it is of God or not of God. And we need to affirm that, I think. We need to affirm that each person has a contribution. Um, It won't be unrelated to what you'll hear me say in two hours' time at the Eucharist, because it's in the Gospel today. We have to believe that the ideas bubble up in different places. I think, and that means trust. Uh, it, it's not it's not against structure and organisation and hierarchy. Those things can be totally against it because they can flatten and squash. But actually, they don't need to. They can do the opposite. They can affirm. They can liberate. They can say, "You've got the ideas." Um, so often, we clergy, you know, kind of like the cork in the bottle. We have a huge part of block. We have a huge power to dampen. We don't actually have as much power as people think we do to kind of raise up. But but we do have a power to encourage, to give permission. Bishops need. I mean, I know it sounds odd. Um, Very often I I know that I don't need to give permission. But as far as the person listening is concerned, I do. They expect me to be able to give them permission. And I say, well, you don't need it. But if you want it, here it is. Get on and do it. Um, Because that, that trusts people. And it lets people, I think, then grow in the vision God gives them. Um, Not in a way that's just random and uncontrolled. It's got to be connected in. But it does does believe in people encourage them and let the gifts happen. And I think that's part of how also we change. And it's part, I think, of what we need to teach about adjusting in leadership. And not being frightened of that. I mean, it will be unknown by definition. But great. I mean, that's the way of it. It's going to be.
0: Can I add to that I think our endeavour is also organic, not mechanistic.
6: Well, yes, yeah, right. And I think that's really fundamental. We're about tending mm. and nurturing. And you can't you have to be strategic if you're going to garden or if you're going to farm or tend your vineyard. Mm. But nevertheless, it's actually using what's there
3: mm. and, and enabling it to be. Mm. Um it's very, very, very important now, I think.
0: Thank so, you. So
3: I it's answer? only by
0: taking the cork out of the bottle that you taste the wine. Okay, only when you take the cork out of the bottle can you taste the wine. Jo, I
2: just...
4: Can I add to that, in a way anecdotally, but coming from an adult education background, all of that makes sense, but we know when we are faced with learners that some people have more experience of learning already and can therefore jump in. And we may have some people who in the past have been totally disabled by school experience and actually need to be given confidence that they are able to learn. And here comes the anecdote about, which builds on Bishbantani's giving permission Saying, I want your ideas, I want your contribution, may work, but you may find that people are so deeply ingrained in a situation where the only ideas they're allowed to give are about whether you have coffee or tea after the service, that actually they don't come up with the sort of ideas that you're wanting. And... um, one vicar I knew in Southwark diocese did something which you may regard as totally manipulative so I'm not necessarily (laughs) advocating this but I think it's an interesting story to listen to to actually think where do I start he went to a a parish where he found the congregation a very able and plenty of people who made decisions in their own jobs were totally full of yes vicar, no vigour Whatever you say, vicar, of course we'll do this, vicar. And he thought, how on earth do I get round this? Because it was going on month after month. And in the end, he put forward a proposal that he knew people wouldn't (laughs) like. So that the PCC actually argued against it. I think it was about the time of Evensong or, even or something really, really important. But it was only then that they discovered that they had the power to make the decisions and then the thing took off. Manipulative may be, but... Yeah.
0: But a part of releasing other people. We're going to move on to table number seven. Which is table number seven? There you are. What's your question?
1: Uh, well, we got a bit of um, performance soundbar.
0: Performance anxiety. <laughs> we articulate our question, but um, I
1: suspect there's a lot of um, performance anxiety we're talking about anyway. So if I may, through you, chair, invite John to come to the microphone. John, because he was able to articulate our question in the group. Ah. <laughs> something to do. With
0: John, you have to ask your own question here. What something
1: to do with? Um, and I maybe the last point touched on that really. How do you? Um, Deal with the sacred cows, or what appear to be the sacred cows locally, that
0: hold you back from actually developing ministry. How do you how do how do you deal with the sacred cows that hold you back from developing ministry? Is that a reasonable articulation of the question that you had? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll let you off the hook then, John. (laughs) Anyone can answer. How- I think it would be invidious me we to answer
5: my own questions.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, we, we do understand, and you've been very good at answering questions, John. Um, how do we how do we, how do we deal with those sacred cows that hold
2: us sacrifice back?
0: Sacrifice comes to mind. Sacrifice. <laughs> Sacrificing cows in church. Bishop says sacrifice sacred cows. Not necessarily. <laughs> someone someone like to to have a go at this one before we get lost in our metaphors (laughs) Joanne you've, you've actually sort of begun to talk about that a bit do you want to say something more
4: it wouldn't deal with everything but one of the adult education principles is you start where people are so actually rather than argue against it why is it so important what is it actually a symbol of? Because then you can begin to have the conversation, and this is a silly little example, but I could suggest one from my... I remember somebody desperately upset about not using psalms. I spent a long time with her, finding how psalms had been important to her and what they'd done to her, which enabled us to give thanks to God for what God had taught through that. Um, And somehow now that's an individual rather than a collective thing but i'm just wondering the sort of time i found it collective is where a parish has had a bereavement you know a vicar's died in post and becomes a total saint you know and i went into this church the vestry had not been dusted practically, you know, the, the thing was still there. Now to say this is rubbish and sweep it away wouldn't have worked, but actually we need to, needed to spend some time thinking what that clergy person had given to this parish and actually be able to give thanks for it collectively in order to be able to move on. Now that's only a partial answer in certain contexts. But
1: we are also losing about what you would hang on to as well Mm. and not in a leadership get hung up on. You know, does it does it really
0: matter for the you know so there are some things we were sort of saying you might take with you as well. Which you've yes, yeah. Yeah. So working out what you take take Mm. from those
1: I think we thought was I was trying to say there's a difference between the sacred cows that kind of lumber along and might slow down the procession a bit, but you are on the whole still moving. And not to deliberately lie down in the room to so
0: Well that's when you sacrifice them, presumably. I <laughs> not Anyone anyone want to I, mean, I think we've got a quite interesting metaphor there to play with later. Shall we should we move on? And, and, unless anyone's really itching to, to say more on that. I think there's, we, there's some reflecting going on. No. Okay. Well, we can, it's, it, there's a whole thing being opened up there, about <laughs> <laughs> sacred cows and possessions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Table number 8, what's your, what's your, what's your question? your we was quite worried at table
6: 8, or I was, that the question would have gone by the time it got around here. Oh. Bearing in mind, this may be the most important piece of paper in our pack, that has all your email addresses on, oh. we've heard that best practice is important. How do I and how do we learn about and access that best practice?
0: Mm. That's a very good question. How, I mean, this is a question to the network, isn't it? Really, how how do we how do we learn from it's, it's, that best practice? We've heard the yep.
6: experience, but to the team of how do you access best practice?
0: Mm. To to all, but to anyone here, I mean, anyone can kind of answer that as well, can not they? But John, you have been requested.
5: Since you didn't have to answer your own question, yes. There's a very easy answer to your question it's theft. (laughs) When I got involved in local history 10 years ago, I had the, uh, quite by chance, I had the good fortune of meeting a colleague of Adrian's called uh, Barry Whitehead from Liverpool, and um, he came and did a day for us in North Wales where I was at the time, and he very generously put a CD in the poster when he got home of all the Liverpool <laughs> materials, and, um, and um, with due acknowledgement and modification, of course, they've been used to very good effect since. And I, I, we, we meet uh, colleagues from Gloucester, and I, you know, we, we meet on a regular basis. Basis. It, it's about getting together with those who are in, you know, your neck of the woods, or who you've established some kind of a link with. And um, I mean, I think one of the great things about the culture in local ministry is that it is a culture of sharing, and we're not, you know, overly precious about you know, things that we found work well for us. And I know there are, you know, increasing concerns these days about matters of copyright and whatnot, and we need to be turned on to those. But it's um, there, there, there is so much experience and wisdom in this room and I, I know I for one have gained hugely by the you know the, by, by the wisdom of others who are here. It's it's about establishing those those relationships and um, you know just couldn't you know participating in the tradition in a sense. Because there is a the slight issue and I'm
6: not sure that we can pick up pick it right. up very clearly mm-hmm. that there are quite a lot of us who actually are not part of what can ease so easily become the silo yeah. of those involved in the local industry yes. who have, have, have not stayed in touch with the developing language that's been happening internally?
0: Yeah.
6: And, and our capacity to know where to go seeking.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. quite Sorry. It, yeah. Just, just it's to
6: say
0: good.
5: that uh, you, you kind of picked up all the bits and pieces of little piano yesterday. The 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 web, the, the, the Hereford website has on it all the um, PDFs of those documents, including the 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 manual for local ministry development groups, which is our kind of like foundation text at the moment. But uh, I mean, that's just there as an example of one a, a starting place.
6: You're not into website uh, exchanging things via our website or Facebook or whatever. No, no.
5: Uh, Yeah, but certainly we we were talking about the possibility of putting some of those resources on the... Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, yes, Joanne, but then I'll pick up from
4: her. Where I know of local ministry resources, they are actually linked on the Church of England website, on the shared ministry pages
0: we, yes, I mean there's also a question there for the wider network and um, Adrian's itching to say something and I'm conscious that in the nicking game, Liverpool have nicked a lot of stuff from me over the years so uh, ah. I, <laughs> Adrian, what did
3: I was only going to say that thanks to your offices with the network website that, that seemed to me one of the key areas which we needed to develop because it had been fairly rudimentary and I think it's hmm. it, it, this is just the place where ideas can be posted hmm. uh, stuff that we're happy for people to copy and just be put in up there,
0: and we can all access it there. We, we are going to say something about the, the website later at the AGM. But in brief, one of the things we've done is we've set up a, a website, which is providing the infrastructure. Um, but it's not it's not got a lot of content on it. That's really going to be dependent on us using it. But we've, we've got a website. We have a Facebook page. We we can use Twitter. There will be podcasts available from today. I mean, we've, we've got the in- infrastructure, but actually, what we've got to learn to use as a network is how to how to develop that and how to make that um, that mutual stealing um, more more possible. I think, I mean, Esther. I mean, I, you had some ideas around our table as well about how how we might develop. No, you don't want to say it was around around the uh,
4: coming together of. Re- yeah. I just questioned why or, or do you come together as region? Because the, um, the networks that I'm part of, my main source of um, encouragement and, and leaving, to be honest, is from the networks. And because we meet together regionally, we have a bit more idea about the actual area we're in. So we were talking about the difference between the northeast and, the, and kind of the southwest or whatever mm. around, and, and the Midlands, and actually geographically, we're in very different areas. And if you don't meet with people from your regions, it's really difficult to work out what's gonna go go well or not go well. Mm. Um, but we we also have a phrase there are some um, youth officers who just use the phrase copyright to God yeah. for the same reason of yeah. actually we're not interested in getting things published under our name, but we are interested in getting the material out there. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So we we, we we've got we had a sorry
4: you can use creative commons.
0: Creative Commons is a licence map. We're coming towards the end of our time. It is time for coffee, but obviously a lot of these conversations can continue over coffee. Um, And Frank's question to his fellow bishop, which he had in mind, I think we'll all gather round and listen to that. Wendy, you're... I'm just wanting you not to
3: let the people go to coffee.
0: You've got something to say first. Brilliant. Okay. I mean, hopefully, it's been a useful time. We've we've gone through some interesting metaphorical journeys by <laughs> killing sacred cows in processions to to, to mutual stealing. And actually, that, that that final conversation about mutual stealing perhaps gives us a steer as to where um, to some of the conversations that need to be had through the rest of the the conference. How actually we continue to develop um, the network. Um, which, which we're, we're conscious we are. Um, so, can I just thank the panel on your behalf and um, give them a big round of applause. In the scope of affirmation, and um, hand over to Wendy to finish us off. <laughs> <laughs>